If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. I'm Marleya. Hi, Patrice. <laughs> Hi, Courtney. Hi. <laughs> I, I had to get you while you were drinking. So. <laughs> we need to get some better light in here, yo, because Patrice is showing us up. She's like glowing right uh, now. Well, that's just because of my monitor. And I'm not working off the laptop. I'm working off the monitor. That's the only thing. Monitor actually has some pretty good lighting. Mine doesn't. So uh, <laughs> we're we are still audio. So I guess I shouldn't talk anymore about what we look like. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. You're we're in the same room together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we are all trying to keep ourselves safe from the contagion, and uh, so we're skyping our first Skype episode right here. Yes, this is the first to see how it goes and yeah i don't know i don't know it's been yeah, a crazy week so i don't know shit man <laughs> <laughs> so quick countdown as far as like we haven't like in two weeks right yeah but like just this past week Marlea had to take me to the er because oh, yeah. I thought I was having an appendicitis and talk about what a great friend who will like get up and take you to probably one of the dankiest ERs <laughs> oh, in the county. <laughs> oh, no, no, we didn't go to that one. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just kind of scared now. But anyway, so it was good. I didn't have appendicitis, I had a kidney stone. But we were there for till four in the morning. It was crazy. Yeah, we got there at what, like nine fifteen? Yeah, nine fifteen, nine thirty, and um, it was a long night. I tell you what. And then the next day, like everything just kind of blew up. Yeah, like the world exploded. <laughs> yeah, it really did. <laughs> All I can do is laugh. It's not funny. Oh, it's true. <laughs> I'm at the point. Yeah. It's, I'm glad that you didn't have appendicitis and I that you're too. feeling better, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm. Well, kind of. Well, um, as much we missed. As, go ahead. I was going to say we missed the um, while we were there at 2.15 in the morning, they come up and said that they had to shut down the whole lobby because somebody came in saying that they had the coronavirus. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so, like, it was just like, just shit hit the fan. It was a we shit are. show. We were just like, we need to get out of here. We need to get out of here. Because I don't... actually, uh, yeah. see, here's the thing with Skype. Now we're going to be like, because what? Wait. Yeah. Do oh. <laughs> we're going to have to do like a, a visual. Wait. Okay. To, oh man, my finger looks like a sausage in this. <laughs> um. So anyway, <laughs> I don't even know what my point was anymore. Oh, so that's fine. So anyway, I think it was a false alarm. But one thing that I did note because you said you smelled oh, no. vinegar, and I know yeah. that like. You know, vinegar is used a lot of times to clean, but I would think in something like that, they would use bleach. And I did not smell bleach at any point when we were there. Yeah, I think it was Um, it, it sounded like it was a false alarm, like somebody had gotten sent to the ER by their primary care for testing, but they hadn't called in advance or anything. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, so yeah. it was just a. Come on, Courtney. Come on. All right, it's time for my night meds. I'm an old lady. I have to feel alarm. <laughs> um, you know, I just remembered I was going to say, so your ER visit um, inspired my little thing that I'm going to talk about during the after show. So Excellent. It was the fact that 
it was the prison bathroom. Oh that, my like, god, y'all. You got me. Oh, <laughs> oh I seriously I know what you're going to talk about. I came home and threw away my shoes and my pants from that experience. <laughs> did you really? I did. Let me just tell you, Courtney. No, it was calling it a prison bathroom was kind. <laughs> because oh, no. I I was trying to keep I had my oh, PJ god. bottoms on and I was trying to keep them pulled up but pull my pants down so I could pee in the cup and this was like trying to aim at the (laughs) toilet which didn't help and let me just say that my urine was not the only urine that was on the floor we were it was about a half an inch of urine on the floor that you were standing in and seriously yeah it was nasty it was Did so bad. Did you somebody? No. <laughs> it was no. No. We, <laughs> we were kind of like you going, it's fine. It's fine. I'm the person you we're take like, to the emergency fine. room with you. Like, fine. I'm not, I don't complain a lot, but if that's true, your description, <gasps> that is unacceptable. No, it was unacceptable. And I made, I it made. Was- uh, them to take it was gross there. yeah Marlea like she had to pee too like after three hours and I was like and I said, not I'm a- not going back in there man <laughs> <laughs> it's like is there a better bathroom and they had to like take her up to the front of the hospital there was like no mm-hmm. local bathroom around that she could go to it was yeah. crazy there was an employee only bathroom I noticed that I was <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm sure it was a lot. But actually, I understand. I understand why that wasn't available, though. That's, yeah. that's totally legit, though. Yeah. So true. Oh, what's anyway, everybody drinking? Bathroom yeah. Inspired my aftership talk. Woo. I look forward to that. Awesome. So, what are you drinking? Oh, let, let's talk about tonight's drinks. We, yes. First off, we're on Skype. It may be it, the end of the world as we know it, at least for a few weeks, right? Um, so I just, I'm just calling this like uh, whatever your quarantine special is. Open up a <laughs> bottle of alcohol and just drink it. Just That's drink right. it straight. But, mm-hmm. but I'm having Cheers. straight alcohol with uh, olives in it. <laughs> Sometimes yes. people call it a martini, but. <laughs> Lovely. It's just vodka with olives. <laughs> you having the same, Malaya? I'm having vodka with an entire mandarin orange squeezed into it. Oh, lovely. That's it. Well, I'm having, like I said, the kidney special, which is cranberry juice and vodka. It's a vodka kind of evening. Yes. Yeah, the kidney special. When you kept saying that, I've forgotten you'd had to go to the hospital for your kidneys. I'm with you yeah. now. Cranberry juice. Good job. Yeah. Rehydrate juice. and dehydrate at the same time. Yeah. Mm. Doing it. <laughs> and this is my second one because I sat in the dark and drank while waiting. <laughs> oh, I, I came prepared. I already mixed up Ooh, good job. another one here for me. Yeah, Which I'm just gonna, vodka and ice. <laughs> I'm gonna need. Uh, I may need a break because I'm gonna have to get me another. I didn't. I didn't think ahead, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So fun stuff. Yeah, dealing with the whole coronavirus and the. You know, the kids are home for the first day today. Yeah. University is closed. Dish closing more. Right. Um. The. You know, it's like everything is closed. So I'm that's part of why we're not in the same place. It's like, if any of us has the sniffles, we're kind of trying to stay away from each other. And I was like, it's so weird with all this, <laughs> this cleanliness. I always, I always comment about the fact that my mom is super, uh, okay. Well, we'll just say ain't all retentive about cleaning mm-hmm. and she'll talk and talk and talk about the fact that she hasn't dusted her baseboard in three days. You know what I mean? Right. And so I was like, all I have to do I'm like, take a deep breath, release your inner Jenny. It's, she'll take care of everything. I'm just like, allow yourself to become your mom for a short time. And then you put her back in her box. You know? <laughs> so are your floorboards clean? No, Baseboards? No, no, but I'm not drowning in my children's filth. That's the best no. I can do. That's good. I'm still doing clothes. I'm still trying to catch up. But I did install the bidet. Oh, genius! Good job! 
Was it hard to do? Um, Initial? No, it was very easy. Like I was shocked how easy it was to do. Although I did have to go buy some screws. So I Mm. did venture out once to Lowe's. (laughs) Once to Lowe's and (laughs) bought some like screws so that because it like heightens your toilet lid contact point so but it was very easy um i had a little bit of a leak at first and i just wrapped that thing in some tape and did it and now we're all like clean buttholes in this family no no need for toilet paper now you're all good (laughs) way to go i was so mad that i hadn't gotten my bidet when all this started because i was like shit so much shit don't worry we can still order online maybe we should go now we need that's the one i bought this that i haven't (laughs) i haven't um I hadn't installed it, but I bought it right after the Halloween show because we stayed at that place because the Airbnb and I was like, holy crap. Yes. My life has changed. Yeah. (laughs) And it just like, and I finally got around to installing it because, you know, quarantine. That was an exciting time. (laughs) I was the first to use it. (laughs) We told that story, didn't we, on the show where all of a sudden I walk into the room and Courtney goes, ah! (laughs) <laughs> it's quite refreshing Cold water in the butt. <laughs> and it really wakes it you was, up yeah it was exciting you know you can uh there are like if your toilet is close enough to your sink you can hook them up to your hot water supply did you know that Ooh. there was a, I, I read up on these not long ago i was planning on getting them and i redid my bathrooms and then everything went to fucking so i didn't end up adding any money to what i was already paying but um like, like uh yeah, I was looking them up and I was like, oh, I could actually make warm water flows. Oh, that's fancy. And so, so many people in the other side of the world have it ahead of us when it comes to like toilets. Yes. yes. Our to- yeah. Our toilet technology sucks. It's Remember, Patrice did a whole post show on that. I know, right? <laughs> or maybe it was during the show because Patrice was ahead of the curve on this with her uh, 1918 uh, pandemic. Oh my God. I, every time I listen to the news, I'm like, I knew that already. I knew that already. <laughs> Wait. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pennsylvania. They didn't Pittsburgh. They didn't they didn't close down their their shit. They didn't they had their little party anyway. They had their little party. Okay. It went from the military to civilians. Well like, then the other day but, uh Marlea was like, I said it'll be in all like in forty eight states soon and then she said, You think it'll make it to Alaska? And I was like Oh, Patrice has already told us that uh, 1918 wiped out the entire village in Alaska mm-hmm. and made it there then. Yep. And here we are. Here we are. It's everywhere now, all over the world. That's why we have to be here together to have yep. some fun. And Absolutely. I told her we had dark with our drinks together on the internet. <laughs> Hi, friends. Hi. Hi. dark with your drinks with us. <laughs> I think we, you know, we should try to do a show. How would that work? A show on the internet? A live stream? Yeah. We have the Facebook. Everybody is doing Facebook lives. That's how my children are living their school lives right now. Oh, really? Hmm. Oh, yeah. All these spectacular people are doing like Facebook live videos. So there's like science mom and science dad or no science mom and math dad are doing two hour long lessons with look like live science experiments and little art shops are doing hour long workshops that they're doing on facebook live for kids and adults to spend time like oh hmm, that's you do anything on facebook that's true maybe we should give that a try during the uh quarantine that'd be fine uh we should do it on the fan group. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, oh you're breaking up. So were you. Who? But I, I got you back now. Okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> I would be sitting here smiling. <laughs> so. Yes. Did we say we're going <laughs> to. Oh, my God, Courtney. Did you say we're going to post the, the video? yeah i think we should i mean it's gonna take me a little bit longer to do like video stuff than audio stuff but yeah i'll put it up there 
I mean, okay. I'm cor- I'm in my house. Not like I'm going anywhere. Wait. All right. I don't know who's first or if I even have anything to say tonight. Yeah. Um, no, that was basically it for me. And I'm first tonight. Hey. All right. We should it. just say hang in there, everybody. Yeah. Hang in there. Well, we can say that at the end, too. But <laughs> we can I think it's important. We're all in this together virtually now. Yes. <laughs> virtually. Virtually. But how much better is it than the, la- than the 1918? Oh, like, so much what better. What could you do? Well, yeah. Mm. So much better. First off, medical community, so much more advanced. Second, we have the internet to at least see each other like this. So I'm yeah. thankful for that today. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm thankful for an early spring break. Oh, cheers, cheers, everybody. Y'all. Help me. Cheers. God help me. It's been for stressful. Real. I'm thankful for vodka. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too, always. Okay. So tonight I'm going to talk about the Fairfield County Witch Trial of Mary Engelman. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I didn't really know what to talk about tonight because I tried to go cryptids route and like I have Monsters of America book. That's really cool. But uh, it was just kind of too short and there wasn't much of a story behind it. So I think I'm going to like do that for our Patreon tonight. Talk about one of the monsters I learned about. But I have this really great book called Dixie Witches. And Mm. it's uh, nine true Southern witch trials. And so this is one of the stories in that book. So around the American Revolution, uh, you would think that, you know, in the United States, especially witch trials would be like a thing of a past. But in 1792 in South Carolina, which happened to be the same year that George Washington won the election, um, to a second term as president of the United States. Uh, South Carolina was kind of in bad shape. Like there was a lot of bad things happening. Like they had their herd of cattle, like whole herds would fall ill and die. So a lot of like uh, their animals were getting sick and dying. Yellow fever was just like really bad. Um, that year. And a lot of people took yellow fever actually for demonic possession. Oh, you know, yellow fever comes from mosquitoes. Right. And so it it really like hit the South really hard during this time. Um, But, you know, South Carolina kind of thought it was just them and that they were being plagued by all of these like really bad things happening to them. But honestly, it was like yellow fever uh, epidemic was like huge during this time. And there was just a lot of bad things going on for one reason or the other. Right. And like people do, uh, when a lot of bad things keep happening and they get worse, people like are trying to figure out a way to solve their problem to end their misery. Inspire the government. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, Um, sorry. (laughs) Panic and buy toilet paper. Panic and buy toilet paper. There you go. Kill the witches. (laughs) Which is a little bit better, you know. Dirty butts, a little bit better than killing witch, right? Um, So what they thought, you know, was bringing on all of this bad luck and petulance is that there was this strange kind of new foreign (laughs) religious... uh, sect that came into South Carolina from Pennsylvania called the Gifted Brethren. Have you ever heard of the Gifted Brethren? No, I thought you were going to say the Quakers or something. Well, yeah. So I don't know where the Gifted Brethren and the Quakers kind of where they differ or if it was a sect coming off the Quakers or because I I mean, I don't know much about, you know, religion or theology or anything like that. But what little research that I did, I found out that the Gifted Brethren was kind of like a controversial group in the 17th century over in England, where they were, um, they basically said that anyone was eligible to preach um, and to teach about the church. You didn't have to be uh, ordained. You didn't have to be an ordained clergy 
uh, you know, to go and preach the word of God. And that's kind of was like they said, any gifted person, basically. Oh, we're losing you. Did you lose me? Where'd yeah, it went away. But I heard, I you, heard say you say people, people didn't have to have be ordained to preach. preach. Right. And that's, you know, they said basically uh, any person, you know, and they called them gifted that, you know, felt the spirit could teach and preach about the word of God. And oh, so they were independent Baptists. Uh, yeah, that's, that's absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but, it, you know, the independents and the Baptists of the time argued that. Uh, oh, yeah, that's what they were. They're were independent Baptists. And um, let's see. So they were saying like, yeah, people were given, you know, gifts of ministry. You don't have to be even full time if the word like, you know, hits you, you can go out and preach and blah, blah, blah. So that's what they called the gifted brethren. So that was that group that was coming down from Pennsylvania into South Carolina. Of course, people really didn't understand that. They, you know, they had their their ways and their guidelines that they knew of. And they accused this sect, this gifted brethren, of practicing hypnotists or like unorthodox customs or of teaching a wrong interpretation of the Trinity. Are you there? Can you hear me? Okay. I hear you, you Patrice. Okay. Um, so they were, you know, they were saying like, you know, they're coming in, they're doing it wrong, basically. Uh, they're practicing hypnotists, which I don't know where that comes from. And so, you know, a lot of people kind of got very suspicious of this group that moved down to South Carolina um, from Pennsylvania. And in 1761, Charles Woodsman, which was angelical minister in South Carolina, attacked several of the sects that had moved in there. And he basically he called these these sects new monsters and he would write about them and he would, you know, says these people uh, known by the title of New Lights or the Gifted Brethren, uh, you know, they pretend to be an inspiration, but now they're like infesting the backcountry and they have, you know, penetrated South Carolina and like brought in these just weird uh, unorthodox ideas. And one of those and this is like where kind of the Quaker um, where I'm not sure if like this was a branch off of the Quakers or what, but um the Quaker women at that time had actually been given roles that had been denied to females in other religions. So they were able to preach and, and talk and have, you know, separate women's meetings. And it even says like they helped discipline wayward friends and they started preaching as well. But this was like just kind of flew in the face of um, the South Carolina uh, ministers that are already there. And they're like, we don't like that. So um, anything you do not like, you end up driving out or blaming all of your woes on, basically. Or drowning or yes. hitting with stones or sticks. sticks. Or sticks, right? And so Woodsman said that, you know, obviously these people had come in with their weird ideas and their women speaking out of term. And he led like several unsuccessful efforts to just get rid of them and never did. But rumors kind of spread that there were witches. You know, of course, the W word came into play. We're roaming through Fairfield County. They were practicing black magic. And that's why they were having like these plagues that was ravishing like a lot of their community and the citizens um, you know, needed to act. They needed to find these witches and drive them out or do something. Of course, they like put two to two in their heads together and they're like, well, these new people just came in and then all of our problems start started. So it must be them. So the people of South Carolina are just really a very small group that was around Woods, Wood, Wood Mason came in and they said, these, these people are witches. They know about herbs. They know about healing people. They're probably pretty smart, a lot of common sense. And he took this, they kind of centered this whole accusation around this German immigrant named Mary Engelman, because she was the most outspoken and most, I think, vivacious of the group. 
but she was just a neat, tidy little old woman. You know, she was very pleasant. She was entertaining. She was a uh, mild manner and just very agreeable. You know, she sounded like a really nice lady who knew her stuff and she was willing to help. And she had like all this knowledge of folk medicine. And she came when she came down to South Carolina, you know, she would teach what she knew to other people. And so if anybody had a complaint, you know, they would come and see her and she would like, you know, graciously try to help them out. So this vigilante group from Fairfield County arrested her and uh, a man named Harding and his wife and and another old woman, Sally Smith. And they put the four of these people and I think all four of these people actually dealt in folk medicine. And that's why that they were targeted. And so they rounded them up and they took them to this barn that ends that was like south of Winsboro, South Carolina. The barn belonged to this guy named Thomas Hill, who served as the judge. And of course, this was highly illegal. I mean, it was really just like a group of people that drug some people out of their homes and took them to this barn and gave them a, you know, quote unquote trial. Mm. So judge, the, the guy that owned the barn served as the judge and he appointed this other farmer named John Crossland to be the sheriff and executioner. And he'll obviously he chose John Crossland because he was like a strapping young person. Like he ate his Wheaties. He's like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> had like, you know, muscles and all that. So obviously Hill was maybe like an old fart or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, so there was actually many people that came and testified against the witches as they do when people have something to bitch about. They got people mm-hmm. that they can readily blame. So one lady, Rose Henley, charged Mary Engelman with putting a spell on her and her sister and saying that she and her sister would, uh, it took like four men to pull her and her sister basically off the ceiling because they would start to levitate because Mary made them levitate. And and then she she also said that they were bitten on the neck and shoulders and stuck with pins and splinters. And she's talking about her and her sisters. And then actually Mary Engelman's son from a previous marriage to Adam Free testified that his mother once asked him for one of his cows. And when he told her no, she got angry and he said that she put a spell on the cows that the udders gave blood instead of milk. And then he said that she cast another spell on his cow and caused it to rise into the air and fall back down to the earth and where it broke its neck. After that, Mary's grandson, Jacob free testified that she transformed him into a horse and rode him six miles to an (laughs) apple orchard. Hold on. Hold on. While she filled her bag with apples, he decided he would might as well eat an apple And when Mary saw this, she struck him across the face and the blow made this long lasting mark on his face. So she's got like her kinfolk turning against her, which is crazy. And you know how there's like always some truth to a lot of things. I have a feeling that, okay, maybe she did ask her son for a cow and he refused. And then something bad happened to -hmm. the cow. Or that maybe she was picking apples with her grandson and he did something or maybe he was fisting a bite or picked an apple before it was ready and she slapped him or something and he just got mad. And so they made up these stories um, because they were mad at her. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so another witness said that uh, this is Martha Holly said that Engelman bewitched her and caused her to vomit up balls of hair with pins sticking out <laughs> all over the neck and shoulders and stuff and splinters. And it deprived all peace and comfort. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean. So these are like some, some fantastical stories. These people should have like gone into creative writing instead of like mm-hmm. vindictive bitchiness. I don't know. <laughs> 
best one yet and this is going to be this is better than the hairballs oh yeah this is the best (laughs) this is the novel and and i'll reveal what the name of this novel is soon so isaac collins charged her with consorting with satan he said that he was hunting deer in a field and he saw a deer, so he attempted to shoot it several times, but his rifle would not fire. Suspecting that a witch was preventing his cap and ball rifle from firing, and not because he was a fucking bad shot, or <laughs> just couldn't keep his weapons up, or they sucked, I don't know. He removed the lead ball and made a split in it, and inserted a sliver of silver and then fired his rifle again at the deer where the uh, silver-laden ball targeted the deer, and it fell, and the deer transformed transformed into a big black cat. And the cat, wounded in the front leg, limped away. Oh, it gets better. Two it days gets better? Well... Two days later, he was plowing his field and he became thirsty and tired. So he went down to the stream to have like a drink of water and he sat there and rest. And he saw Mary Engelman and she walked up to him and she had an arm in a sling and she told him that he was responsible for it. And she also told him that she would not forget. Then Isaac Collins who should be like, (laughs) that's his his pen name, Isaac Collins, uh, (laughs) testified that Engelman transformed him into a horse, sounds familiar, and rode him to the Convention of Witches. So Convention of Witches by (laughs) Isaac Collins. Is that what, oh my God, no way. So yeah, he really like, he missed his calling here. So he stated that he didn't know the exact location of this convention of witches, but that it was somewhere in North America. Oh, okay. He didn't have to cross water. (laughs) I didn't know how long it took, but it was somewhere in North America. So once she got to this convention of witches, the devil just happened to ride up and said, Mother Engelman, you have a splendid horse. And she replied, ha, this is the rascal Collins. And of then course, in his version, he's a splendid He's horse. a splendid, but no, she's the rascal Collins. And then things really got a little crazy because <laughs> witnesses, well, no crazier stories than that, but witnesses started like making charges against other persons who were not there at the trial. So it became kind of a tattletale session, whereas like one witness accused a man named Joe Fairs of causing uh, this person's two children's to float in the air. So it sounds like, you know, they heard the story at the beginning of the trial and they're like, oh, that's a great story. I think Joe Fairs, who's I don't like very much, should make, you know, two children float in the air. That's probably what he did. <laughs> Do these people not consider like maybe they're eating like mushrooms you that know? are psychedelic or maybe they have like syphilitic insanity or something yeah you said they point. had syphilis is that what you're saying good point <laughs> All right. i'm just trying to think of things that are going to make these people tell these crazy ass stories i know well of course like all of these stories happened and the the People with common sense were like, we are not touching this. We're not even going to defend ourselves because we already know which way the wind's blowing here. So they said nothing. They remained silent. They let the idiot speak. The jury, as it was, voted and uh, found them guilty. And then the punishment began. So Crossland, the Wheaties boy, tied the victims up to the barn on it over a wooden jolt and flogged them with a whip until they were like barely alive. Oh and my then God. he took them and they made a bark fire and they held their feet over the fire until their souls popped off. What? So, yeah. So once this torture ended, they released the witches. So this is what doesn't make sense. They sit here and they tortured these known witches that supposedly had done all this shit. And then they let them go. Mm. And so 
So these poor people, bloody and beaten and barely alive, like limped 15 miles back to their home. Oh, um, wow. And one of the uh, group of four, and in this story, it says it's Sally Smith. And I'll talk about that. I'm thinking it may not be Sally Smith, who was supposedly the old woman. Um, this may actually be Mary Engelman, but she like hobbled a short distance from the farm and a man came upon her, her and threw her down on the ground and placed a heavy pine log across her back so she couldn't get up. And she remained there all night because she couldn't move. And then finally, the next day, somebody like found her and was like, what the fuck? And mm. they removed the log and helped her up and got her home. So. After all this shit, Mary Engelman was like having none of it. So she brought a civil suit against her persecutors. And oh, wow. the Reverend uh, William Young, a Presbyterian minister, issued a warrant for John Crossland. So I don't know if this is like Reverend Sheriff or Reverend. I mean, I don't know how you can issue a warrant, but I don't I didn't live there. I don't know their structure of that community. <laughs> I don't so know the power of the Presbyterians. I, I don't know <laughs> the power of the Reverend. So um he issued a warrant. A jury found Crossland guilty of assault and battery and fined him five pounds, which today would be close to a thousand dollars. Okay. And however, Crossland never paid the fine and he left the county and went to either Georgia or Alabama. So none of the other persecutors faced any punishment and justice definitely was not received to please Mary Engelman, who was still alive. And for the remainder of her life, she never forgave her antagonist as she should not. But while I was searching this story, uh, I actually came and this is what I love when I'm like reading these stories and researching is I come across like these genealogy sites where it's like people who are related to the people in the stories. So I found the seventh great granddaughter of Mary Inglewood, and she gives kind of her account of it. Not that she was there, but kind of like what was passed down through the family and stuff. So she said that Mary Engelman was like a beautiful woman. She had like dark eyes and long red hair. She Sounds married like a witch to me. Yeah. She married Lawrence Free, who was a handsome young German. Um, They're living in Pennsylvania. And of course, she was all into the medicines. She could recognize roots, herbs, plants and how to apply each uh, to any given ailment. And um, she would teach others and she was like very open, free spirit. In 1771, he died and she had already they had three kids and actually I think it was three sons. And when he died, Mary was already 57 years old and the sons had moved out of the house. And so she quickly, like the next year, married Jacob Engelman, who lived in South Carolina. So when she moved down from South Carolina or to South Carolina. I don't know if she was still with Lawrence free or if he had already died and she found Jacob. Anyway, I don't know here and there, but when all of this happened, Mary was 77 years old. So they talk, they talk about that other lady being like the old woman. I'm like, well, how old do you have to be to be an old, older than 77 (laughs) years old? But Basically, like she lived through all that. Let me see what this lady's name is. Lady that posted with this Faye Column Farley. She said that uh, Mary was attacked after that on numerous occasions and beaten severely and was stated that once she escaped and attempted hanging um, and that she lived a really long life and died of old age and they say that she you can see her sitting on the courthouse steps at Fairfield County Courthouse waiting for justice for the people who had done her wrong 200 years ago wow and that is the story of the Fairfield County witch trial of Mary Engelman wow I know she lived really long because she was super a witch she was she healed her wounds 
and all them other crazy people were dying of syphilis. <laughs> well, it's as good a reason as any to say such Absolutely. crazy ass story. Why is everybody getting turned into a horse? Like, where did that come from? I think it was one kind of imaginative person. And then they're like, oh, yeah, that's really good. That's going to be my story, too. So, you know, apparently that's a thing she does. Is it just bored? I mean... Ducks or she turned me into a newt. Um, (laughs) I got better. (laughs) Um, the uh, so there's like this long history of Appalachian folk, like, like uh, granny witches, yeah, who use the folk medicine and everything. It's really interesting because they got to a point where they weren't as like. untrusted it wasn't an immediate assumption that they were witches and people would go to them oh yeah because they were the people who could fix things right exactly but obviously just, they were the first like people got suspicious or maybe she wasn't like you know if she was part of the gifted brethren then maybe they're like eh well you know she, she couldn't heal me of my pox so maybe <laughs> You know, she's not all that. A syphilis pox. Syphilis pox. Can't get healed with a syphilis pox. <laughs> all right. Let's take a break and re-drink. I have not been able to concentrate for two weeks. <laughs> and so I've had a really hard time figuring out what I was going to talk about. And this may be the least prepared I've ever been. So I looked at stuff like pandemic related and then i was like okay so what about the chinese like what about like bias against the chinese in the south and i found out stuff about there being a a big population of chinese in the mississippi delta at the turn of the century so maybe we'll talk about that at some point but i'm not talking about that today and then i talked about the yellow fever. I looked up the yellow fever in uh, Louisiana, in uh, New Orleans. Stuff that you may have already talked about, Patrice, with the yellow fever. Now I'm like, we're talking about it's, it comes up so much. And I'm like, the yellow fever so is like the worst thing in the world. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> it was talking about like the social and economic consequences of the yellow fever in New Orleans mm-hmm. and talking about the fact that like you couldn't fucking get married in New Orleans if you couldn't prove that you were quote unquote acclimated. So like if you couldn't prove that you had had the yellow fever already so that How you, you were prove that there were a whole bunch of different things that they made people do. I'm not really sure. Like people would go out and get sick so that they could join certain social circles. It's like if you couldn't prove that you had survived the yellow fever, you couldn't do anything. Oh my God. I wonder if it's going to get like that here. Like, well, and that's corona? the whole reason I was looking at it. I was like, how can we look at the past and figure out what we're going to do right. like in the future? But they because say you can get it more than once. That's what they say. That's I was going to say there was one, at least one case of recurrence in China, right? Is mm-hmm. that what they said? In Wuhan, there was a one case of somebody getting reinfected. I guess. But, you know, I was going on like your 1918, you know. Yeah. Spanish flu pandemic stuff thinking about like the second wave Mm -hmm. and thinking like okay well maybe if you've already caught it then you would be immune the second time around and are those people going to get like social and economic benefits from having right been able to survive it once you know because I don't know it's weird it's weird shit like stuff that we never thought was going to happen to us is happening right now so I looked up that stuff and as much as I already talked about it I ain't going to talk about it now because I'm tired of being depressed all the time. And so, um, so what I ended up with after looking and looking and looking and looking, trying to decide what I actually wanted to talk about, (laughs) I would like to talk about the vegetable man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. Wouldn't it? It was, it was great. I loved it. So, uh, this is a cryptid that has only been seen once. 
did Coco make this up? <laughs> Go, Coco. <laughs> no, it's so funny because when I say it's only seen once and I was like, I'm pretty sure that means it's guaranteed to be alive. But um, so <laughs> Vegetable Man was first seen in July of 1968. There was a guy who was out hunting in West Virginia in Fairmont, West Virginia, his name was uh, Jennings Frederick, which also sounds like either a fake name or a porn name. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing, so I got most of this information from um, Cryptopia, the website, mm -hmm. but that, you know, this, this account has been published in books and stuff like that. So this one guy's account is the only account of this creature. Um, <laughs> but the Cryptopia account says he was stalking woodchucks. <laughs> In the back country outside of Fairmont, West Virginia. <laughs> Vegetable men are known to do. No. Well, this was oh, this so guy. Jennings oh. Frederick was hunting. Oh. Porn star. He, okay, he, gotcha. Yeah, porn star Jennings Frederick <laughs> was hunting West Virginia. Got a West Virginia porn star. Woo! Mm. Lord, I can't even imagine what that's like. So you um, said sixty-eight. Okay. In sixty-eight. Mm-hmm. And uh what did you say? The Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. Oh, The Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. Oh, my God. I forgot about that movie. Shit. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, if you ever just Google it, just Google it. Okay. I'm clueless. Right. That's the guy with the, the dances. And oh, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a weird. It's a documentary, though, right? Mm -hmm. It's a weird ass documentary. The Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. Um. Anyway, so on to this. So, uh. Jennings Frederick is unable to shoot any woodchucks. And so he's about to go home and um, he sees this creature as he's leaving and he starts to hear a noise first. Like he doesn't see it at first. Mm -hmm. And all he hears this like high pitched, they described it as a high pitched jabbering, like a recording running at exaggerated speed. Oh, Jesus. I hate that. So, yeah, we've seen it in all well, horror movies, right? Well, and it's weird too, isn't it? Like that's the same. It's in my in my mind. Like the recording running at high speed is like the uh, it's the equivalent of the vision of the character, the horror character that just continually stops just for like a split second at a time. Like the movement is just slightly off. Mm -hmm. And so it like freaks your, it like messes up your senses and everything. So anyways, that's, that's what I'm picturing with this. And, um, Jennings, uh, Jennings Frederick is like a, a U.S. Air Force veteran. Um, he's a West Virginia native. And so he's describing this and he, he's, hears the sound and he looks up towards it and he sees this, um, this creature standing there. It's really, really tall. It's like very thin and skeletal and it looks unhealthy. It's like he, he describes it as like a stalk like frame mm -hmm. and it's green. And his description is, quote, uh, a being with semi-human facial features, long ears, which I still can't picture. Like, are they standing up? Are they flopping down? Are they just like, like weird, old. like some? Like old man ears, old man are they like just old man ears? Mm -hmm. But um, yellow slanted eyes, and I'm like, I'm gonna be racist about this. Its arms are no bigger around than a quarter, and its body resembled the stalk of a plant in shape, and it was slender and green. But um, the I weirdest, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I am Groot. Groot. <laughs> but, uh, but the weirdest thing about it so it, he like he he immediately just like uh, connects it with like plant life mm -hmm. so he, but the weirdest thing about it is its fingers are like seven inches long and at the tips of his fingers are these really sharp protrusions that look like um syringes Ooh, right okay. so he's got this like this guy was doing mushrooms Right? I yes. know. Yes. Yes. That's totally what I think, too. Or, you know, he was an Air Force veteran and it was 68. So he could have easily been one of those people that was um, conspiracy theoried away by the Air Force and like fed psychedelics and Ooh. turned into like the super military. Yeah. Or I like that. 
Insanity. Oh my god. Uh, all three. Bless his heart. Bless his poor and starned heart. This is our Oh God, our episode theme is not coronavirus. It's syphilitic psychedelics. So 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 these needles, these thorny needle things on the ends of its fingers taper down into a suction cup shape, like where the first knuckle would be on a human finger is what the website says that describe this this way. Were there pictures? They only drawings. There are little drawings. Like what people still go ahead. Continue. Still. I'll share them. I I will look. I may have printed one out. Ooh, look, hold on. I can show it to you, but no one else. Can you, can you see that? No, wait. Oh, stupid blur. Well, you can't really see anything. I'm I'm going to have to turn off the blur though. Cause I do have to picture to show you later. Um, so anyway, this creature like looks really free and he's he's shocked by seeing it and it's it seems like it's trying to communicate with him. So it keeps on doing this like high pitched jabbery like noise. Mm-hmm. And um he's he's trying to figure out what it is and it like he said it looks kind of sickly and so all of a sudden he feels like he can understand what it's saying and he thinks that it's saying this very long thing. You need not fear me. I wish to communicate. I come as a friend. We know of you all. I come in peace. I wish medical assistance. I need your help. That's what he thinks. He he thinks that the thing is like is a communicating with him through its mind because he obviously can't understand what it's saying. Right. But that's what he understands. So he can't really react. And then all of a sudden it like reaches forward and it grabs him by his arm and it's like it wraps all of these little syringy like sucker cup fingers around his arms and um and won't let him go and he feels it like penetrating his skin and it's really pain you know like like five you know syringes stuck into you it's like really painful but then he looks into its eyes and its eyes were like yellow but now they start to turn into orange and red and they start to kind of spiral and and swirl and he realizes that it's like hypnotizing him and all of a sudden he starts to feel like his pain is going away a little bit so He's not feeling the pain of this thing grabbing his arm anymore. Oh, oh my God. Did you just put that up on my screen? <laughs> I was like, shit, the internet is listening to me. <laughs> she just she just posted a picture of a vegetable man, which is person. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was trying to kind of like sneak that in there. Oh my God. That's so freaking hilarious. <laughs> well, that's going to have to be shared with you so that you understand why I was shocked. <laughs> Vegetable man. So, so this weird <laughs> slender critter has got Jennings Frederick by the arm and he's being hypnotized by it and he can't feel the pain in his arm where it's being like it's pricking him and uh oh it's funny because the whatever website it is i said this came from i said it already so that counts it said it's his blood he could still feel his blood being extracted from his veins by this botanical nightmare oh my god yeah but um so it keeps it's it's like pulling his blood out of him and um and when it decides to let him go, it all of a sudden just like releases and then it jumps up this steep hill and it's like gravity doesn't count for it. Like it jumps like 25 feet at a time, like all of its all of its sickness is gone and all of a sudden it's just like leaping across the world. And so he calls it vegetable man. I guess just because it's green. I, I don't guess. know. I don't, yeah, it's like more <laughs> it's like a vampire, right? If it's I like know. living off of his blood. But as soon as it's gone, he can feel like he can see the marks on his his hand and arm where it grabbed him, and it's like it's like a sucker fish, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like he can see, and uh, so the pain returns, 
And he, he starts to freak out and he hears as he's running away from the scene, he hears this like loud humming, which he always assumes is a UFO taking off somewhere. And he knows that people are never going to believe him. So he doesn't tell anybody the story until the seventies. I think it's like 1976 when uh gray Barker, who was, he was, he wrote a lot of stuff like this and some of it was fake and some of it was real. So take it with a grain of salt. Maybe um, he told everybody that he knew that he had just run into a briar patch. And then like almost 10 years later, he tells this author gray Barker that, you know, this other thing had happened because Gray Barker was in their area interviewing people about a different monster that came down in West Virginia, which maybe I'll talk about later. But um, so nobody else has ever had an encounter with the vegetable man. And um, which I find really weird because stories like these tend to, I don't know, multiply, right? Mm hmm. Like you hear, it's almost like you're, you're horse? people with the, the witch story. Like right? you turn into a horse because that guy turned into a horse. Like oh, we, yeah. we saw this hominoid or whatever, mm-hmm. and it looks kind of like this other one. It's like, oh yeah, and, we um, saw it too. So, exactly. Yeah. But nobody has ever, and I mean, even goddamn Reddit. I mean, I looked on Reddit for vegetable man sightings. And while I found a lot of references to the Pink Floyd song, vegetable man, which oh. may or may not play at the end of this episode, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did not, I did not find any other sightings of the vegetable man. Huh. So, um, but, uh, it's interesting because like before there was like the God of Mars, Edgar Rice Burroughs, we've talked about before, like kind of created like, uh, the uh the whole idea of sci-fi in you know the modern era but um he he had like a plant man a martian plant man that he used in his books like 50 years before this but that's the closest thing we ever came to vegetable man yeah but i think when was um the return of the body snatchers when was the body snatchers when that come out Cause oh, that's God. kind of like Invasion replacing. Of <laughs> I feel like it was fifties or sixties, late fifties, yeah. early sixties. And I've never seen that. Have you seen it? Oh yeah. That terrified me as a kid. It yeah. 56. Easier. And then it, Oh, and I then in 78 invasion of the body snacks. Oh yeah. It was redone. Okay. That's what it was. Cause it had, um, okay. So they just took the original and redid it, but then they also did sequels to it right after that. I think they did. Yeah. The one I remember is the one that had Donald Sutherland in it. So, like, the whole... That is creepy on his own. The, like, blood kind of thing. Green. I don't know. That's the first... That's where I was going with it when you first started talking. You were talking about, like, the guy was, like, sucking his blood using his, like, octopus suction cups or whatever. Did they do that in Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Do they suck blood through their hands and stuff? I don't remember. We should watch that. We should totally watch that. We need to have you some know what? viewing we've, parties. We've got a lot of time. <laughs> we've we got some time coming up. <laughs> so let's let's start a list. Yes. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So nobody believed him. Nobody believed him. Nobody and probably nobody still believes him. I don't think I believe him. Do you? Right. <laughs> no. But um but I am kind of fascinated by this critter mm-hmm. that I don't know. It's this is one of those things where, you know, you think the impossible is impossible, but like we're being attacked by a killer virus that may ruin the entire world. So what the fuck, man? Right. You gotta believe what you see. I don't know. No. MK Ultra. What? What? <laughs> MK Ultra, like oh, the conspiracy theory about like um, uh, giving people all these psychedelics and all this different government conspiracy about that. You know what? I believe that. Do y'all not know what I'm talking about? I don't know enough about it to explain it right now, but uh, I don't know that they gave military people a bunch of different types, types of drugs. drugs. They use them as basically like guinea pigs. Oh, yeah. I believe that for sure. But, I was um, going to say, man, tell me, tell me that the U.S. government did something shitty, and I'll completely be right behind you. <laughs> like they made the vegetable man. <laughs> it got loose. 
but sometimes I think it's because I was right on Marvel Comics. Like Wolverine, Wolverine was part of MK Ultra, some shit like that. So yes, that's, oh. that's all I got today. Because I was like, I had a bunch of heavier stuff on there, and I was just like, I can't. My brain shuts down every time I try to do anything else, and all I can manage today is the vegetable man. Yes, well. If you join our Patreon and just think like all of that toilet paper that you're not buying right now, that $3 can go to this story I'm about to tell about one thing that was like maybe uh, two pages long that is kind of weird that I Googled and I'll definitely tell you what not to Google. I'm and kinda, I I'm will scarred. tell you three about... <laughs> Bathroom ghosts. <laughs> Bathroom ghost. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for putting up with us tonight. We love you. Stay safe. Don't touch your face. Wash your hands. That's right. Stay away from other people. <laughs> yeah, right. Introverts, unite. Don't unite. Stay away. Stay away. Stay your home. We will talk to you later. Bye. I know what I'm hearing myself. <laughs> Coming back at me. I was like, man, Courtney keeps fucking up, but it's how she's talking. <laughs> it's because I'm pausing. Okay, now I don't hear myself again. Oh, good. Yeah, I don't know why that is either. Um, I don't even know. You don't want this microphone back. (laughs) Well, now we're all quiet. (laughs) Yep, I'm tapped out. That's it. it. We're done. And good night.